Now, Facebook owner Mark Zuckerberg's so-called year of efficiency came to Ireland with a nasty bang this week as Meta announced 490 job cuts. That's nearly 20% of their workforce here. Also this week, Facebook has been fined 1.2 billion euro for violating European privacy rules. The Apple tax case came up for error once more. And is your boss watching if you are working at home? Elaine Burke is the host of For Tech's Sake podcast. We talked through some of these topics a little earlier. Elaine, to start with those Meta job cuts this week, 490 jobs at Meta, a company I worked for back in 2016. That is a huge number of people. That's 18% of the workforce here. It's significant by any standards, isn't it? It's the second hit that that team has taken in a uh, very few ma- amount of months. Uh, so it was about 300 job losses from the initial round announced back in November. And this is from the round announced in March. Their team of about 3,000 originally is going to be just over 2,000 remaining. So yeah, it's a huge loss. It's about a third of your team gone. And the last time we saw Meta do this, there was a cascading effect with other platforms. Is there a concern out there in the tech industry here in Dublin, in our Ireland that we might see that cascading effect again. Yeah, I can see why people would think that because Meta was one of the first to announce those massive global job losses and then came Google, then came Microsoft, Salesforce and lots of others followed suit. But I think Meta's case might be an edge case because of the scale of their hiring in the last couple of years. So they in uh, 2018, I think we're about at 40,000 employment uh, globally. And by 2022, they were at something like over 80,000. And a lot of that happened in 2020, 2021 as well. So like they really had kind of a hockey stick nearly growth of employment. And it seems to be that they're now really pulling back on that. They're calling this the year of efficiency, what Mark Zuckerberg is. From the outside in for foreign direct investment, looking at Ireland right now, you look at the housing crisis, you look at these layoffs. Should there be concern right now about what this might mean long term? I'm impressed that you brought up the housing crisis because I think that's actually one of the biggest threats that we have for foreign direct investment at the moment because a huge amount of foreign direct investment, like obviously they want advantages in terms of like how their finances are going to work, access to certain markets, all that kind of stuff. But they also need employees and they need employee satisfaction to ensure retention of those employees. And that's actually a really huge factor because one of the biggest problems they have is hiring talent. Areas such as software development and cybersecurity, hugely competitive. And to hire people that are in, you know, short supply, you have to give them high quality of life, high quality of employment, all those kind of bells and whistles. Um, And Ireland was able to offer that for a time, but that has changed. And then there's other things like, will this impact like the exchequer funding that we get from foreign direct investment? We are very, very dependent on big tech in that respect. One of the other things that Meta is dealing with this week is the 1.2 billion fine. Where to now with this? We're not going to see this payment anytime soon, are we? No, I doubt it. So obviously Meta has appealed the decision and uh, those appeals can take a really, really long time. If we take the previous record GDPR fine as an example, that was issued to Amazon by a Luxembourg uh, Data Protection Authority in 2021. They aren't due to go to court on that until January 2024. The process to even getting to this fine has taken a really, really long time. This is a decade long situation. And we know as part of that, the Data Protection Commissioner, Helen Dixon, felt that no meaningful dissuasive effect would really follow a fine and that you're better off getting this order to cease the US transfers. 
What do you think of that? I think Bella's response kind of shows you that it does have a meaningful impact because they appealed it. It, it does see this as uh, something that they don't want to just roll over and take it, essentially. So I think that's the sign that it does work. And it also shows that this process under GDPR, like there are systems in place that are moving forward in GDPR enforcement. It is something that's going to be slow. I don't think it's ever something that's going to be fast. Another platform in the headlines this week and another decade-long saga is that of the Apple tax appeal. There was a hearing in Luxembourg this week over what has been called, quote-unquote, the sweetheart tax deal. There's £13 at stake. Where to now with that? So essentially, in the courts of of, of the European Union, so they're into the highest courts of the EU, that's why this, whatever decision comes out of this, it should be the end of this saga. And we have until November where we get uh, the opinion of the person who heard the hearing and then the jury won't be bound to that opinion and they could have months to make their final decision on that. So we don't have a timeline on that. We know November we'll have the opinion but we don't know how many months after that we'll have the ruling, the decision. And even hypothetically, if the opinion and the ruling went the way of no Ireland take on this 13 billion. It wouldn't end there. We would presumably have a lot of countries step up, get in line to argue that they're owed some of this money. Yeah, because essentially it's to do with uh, where Apple is taxed on the revenue that it makes, say across Europe, across the Middle East, across Indian jurisdictions as well, we're wrapped up in this. And it's also pertaining to uh, revenue that was generated in a certain period. So this is 2003 to 2014 that they're talking about. They're not even talking about any revenue accrued after that. And there has been significant changes to both Apple's uh, business structure and also taxing structure internationally since then. It's just people trying to get money back on things that were done a long time ago and there seems to be a lot of dogs in this fight. There's the the curious case of Ireland not want to, wanting to accept 13 billion euro in tax um, which do, it does kind of show Ireland to be uh, putting itself forward as a friendly nation for the companies that are are, are operating here um, and obviously wanting to maintain that relationship. I think an opinion is going to be issued and a decision is going to be made. But like you said, it's going to be continuing and it's going to continue to be appealed and argued for a really long time. One other issue this week was tech surveillance. So we had the Financial Services Union, FSU, up before the Oireachtas Committee on Enterprise, Trade and Employment. And they were asking politicians, senators and TDs to consider new regulations and legislation to cover the technological surveillance of staff by employers. This seems to be something that really came to prominence in the last three and a half years where people were forced into distributed first, remote first work. Just how big of a phenomenon is this? where your keystrokes are being monitored, where maybe you're having to stay on a live video cam all day so that your bosses know, yeah, you're in front of your computer doing some work. It stems from this thing that I think Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, really put a a neat term on when he called it productivity paranoia. And it was because people, as you said, were forced into a remote working situation that they weren't prepared for and they weren't prepared to manage in. And it really comes um, down to your management style. Some people want constant oversight. That's how they manage and that's how they ensure that they know people are doing what they want them to be doing. It takes a lot of trust to get past that and go into a remote working environment and just trust that people are doing what you need them to be doing. It's a real deterrent to people if you institute programmes and policies that basically tell them you don't trust them Um, to do their job. Presumably for people listening this morning, you would have had to have consented to this level of surveillance. Well, if you don't know, then it shouldn't be happening. Absolutely. Your GDPR rights apply here and 
an interesting caveat when it comes to this employee-employer relationship is that even your consent isn't enough to allow this to take place because that's seen as consent under duress because an employee-employer relationship isn't balanced and you could be under the impression that if you don't agree to this, well, you don't have your job or you'll have a, a tempestuous relationship within your job. So they actually need to go beyond uh, the standard GDPR consent and, and have even further legitimization to do this kind of thing. If this is happening in your job, you should not only know about it, you should know like how it's taking place, what data is collected and how that's all managed. That all should be upfront and transparent. Elaine Burke there, host of the For <laughs> Tech's Sake podcast. Minister Niall Collins, to come to you first, when the first round of cutbacks and layoffs happened in the autumn, Meta led the charge and there was something of a contagion effect that we saw then with, across the platforms. This is the second round now here in the month of May. Is the government worried that other platforms could follow the lead here of Meta? Well, I think globally we've we've been seeing um, a downsizing, or as they they describe themselves, being the tech companies, a right sizing um, across the sector globally. Uh, look, I mean, it's hugely concerning when anybody loses their job. It's a significant cohort of people um, who have lost their jobs in this second round and indeed the first round. The government, of course, is concerned about it. And we have been engaging through Minister Simon Coveney and his department um, with the companies in relation to that. And anybody who needs assistance or training or advice uh, from the state agencies are absolutely available to them. It's important to place all of this in context. We have about 170,000 people working in the ICT sector in Ireland. Um, Meta employs about 2,500 people directly and about 5,000 contractors. So it's a huge employer and indirect employer in the country. And over the last three years, we've seen uh, employment in the tech sector grow by about 40,000. So um, I think it's fair to say there's a lot of buoyancy within the sector outside of Meta. Uh, There will be um, other opportunities for people who have lost their jobs uh, to to avail of employment. Uh, It's a very... It's an area where there is huge demand for people who are skilled uh, in in ICT, in cyber security, in, in all the different disciplines within the tech sector. Um, but yes, we are concerned and hopefully uh, it, it will be the last of the downsizing that we've seen. Louise O'Reilly of Sinn Féin, highly skilled workforce. Hundreds now, though, have lost their jobs since the autumn. Where, where are they going? Do we have any sense? Are they going into startups? Are they being re-employed? I have a concern that this isn't being monitored by the government. So we've seen repeatedly uh, government ministers and, and Niall has just said it there, uh, telling us that these people are going off and they're getting re-employed, but they're not monitoring that and I think they should be. I, um, I anecdotally have been advised that a lot of people are actually just returning to their home country, people who would have come here to work specifically in those jobs and the jobs are gone that they will go. So while they may not feature in our unemployment figures, they're not featuring in our employment figures either and that uh, that's a concern. I don't accept that uh, that we should give up on this either. I do think there's work to be done in terms of dealing with those workers directly, assessing the skills that they have and ensuring that there are pathways to employment or indeed ensuring that uh, that the, the number of job losses is minimised. It's very apparent 
when these job losses are announced in the tech sector, workers will contact myself. I'm sure they contact other TDs and they're very lost. They're lost in this process. It's complicated. It's convoluted. And they've just been told that they're they're about to lose their jobs. Really distressing. What I would say to workers in the tech sector is get organised and join a union. That is your voice at work. It's your best chance of being treated fairly. Um, and do that now. You know, don't wait until uh, until you get that notification. Like, there's nothing to suggest that this is going to have a snowball effect. But likewise, we do need to be looking at these skills. And we also need to look at diversifying out our enterprise base and ensuring that we put it our own SME sector on a more sustainable footing. Mick Barry, to bring you in, it's a real moment of uncertainty in the tech industry. We need continued foreign direct investment. Do you worry about any kind of a perception problem there that Elaine talked about just with the housing crisis layered in on top of this? Well, there's no question but that the inability of this government to seriously tackle the housing crisis. Um, It's a disaster for people who are paying sky-high rents. It's a disaster for people in emergency accommodation. Uh, But also, um, there are companies wanting to come in here who are saying, where are we going to get housing for our workers? The numbers on the tech layoffs, um, I mean, I've heard government ministers in the Dáil saying it might be 10% of the workforce. If you look at those figures for Facebook, they're going from nearly 3,000 to just over 2,000. I mean, that's probably in the region of a quarter uh, of the workforce. So I would question as to whether this has been downplayed somewhat by government ministers. And then finally, just in prepping for the discussion today, did a little bit of reading about this. And um, the, the, the phenomenon of what's being called bossism, where basically the tech giants, the tech billionaires, uh, feeling that they had to pay out high wages in with labour shortages and going after talent, offering gym membership and so on, see this crisis as an opportunity uh, to drive back uh, the position, the influence, the power of workers within the tech companies. That clearly points towards the need for people to get unionised as well. Minister Niall Collins, to bring you back in, you can respond on that. But I also want to ask you about the Apple tax appeal again this week, which brought out those old allegations about a so-called sweetheart deal between Apple and the government. Are you confident that the government has gotten the approach right here as we kind of march on now to the final chapter in hearing in November? I am, and government was very clear at the time that um, there was no uh, sweetheart arrangement, as you've described it, for for Apple. Um, That has been the government's and the state's position in relation to it. It has been Apple's position also. Um, You know, any any piece of um, legislation or tax policy um, that is available um, on the statute books or available for people to avail of uh, can't be written in a manner that is just specific to one entity or to one organisation uh, and that is a central part of the, the appeal. Now the appeal will run for a, a, a number of months yet as your earlier contributor um, outlined and the money is sitting in escrow so we, I think we just have to let the process um, um, play out uh, but uh, si- significantly Apple are still uh, a very very significant employer uh, in Ireland uh, right across Ireland, particularly their their strong presence in Cork. And now, Collins, on that piece from the Financial Services Union about this increased um, technological surveillance of people who are now increasingly working from home, but there is that productivity paranoia. Will the government consider those recommendations for new legislation in this area? Well, look, I mean, government is always open to considering, um, but but I, I think it, it is, look, I mean, I, I'm aware of the union report. I think it raises some very legitimate um, concerns. One of the 
positives or the upside of the of the pandemic was the uh, new phenomenon of working from home. I think it has given people and families and communities um, huge opportunities. It, it has re- reinvigorated a lot of communities. Um, but but equally, th- there are challenges. It has improved people's qualities of life. Um, I, I think any employee. Uh, who is concerned and should be rightly concerned if they feel they're being surveilled. They have a number of avenues open to them. Um, obviously, through their trade union or their representative organisations, uh, they, they can deal with it that way. There are obviously huge uh, GDPR issues in relation to it. So if it is happening uh, on a scale uh, that, that that is concerning, I, I think it's certainly something that government will consider seriously. OK, Louise O'Reilly, is this something Sinn Féin will look at in terms of drafting legislation and regulation? Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's very worrying to hear that the minister say if it is happening it is happening and it needs to be regulated workers are genuinely concerned and just to go back to the Apple tax issue for a moment um, it's very handy for the minister to say that this just somehow spontaneously happened it didn't it arose from a hearing that took place in the States in 2013 when Apple's uh, head of tax operations Philip Bullock confirmed in accordance, this is in quotes, in accordance with the agreement that we have with Ireland, um, that the tax rate was going to be fixed at no more than 2%. So that's where it came from. It wasn't uh, it wasn't dreamt up by anyone else. It was put on the record of the US Senate. That's what started it. In relation to the tech workers and in relation to the workers and the surveillance, I do think that this is a very serious issue and it is more than GDPR. It is about how workers feel in work and the FSU study bears that out. The productivity is what will be judged at the end of the day and it's very easy to monitor that. You don't need to monitor a person's heart rate, their eye movements and etc. Okay, after the break, the numbers in emergency accommodation goes above 12,000 for the first time. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.